Hi everyone, welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. Thank you for finding the podcast today, thank you for downloading, and as always, thank you for listening. That is always appreciated. The topic of today's podcast, the second and third round play at Wimbledon today for Friday, July 7th. 2023 coming to you live at 1:48 p.m. on the west coast that is 9:48 p.m. in london novak djokovic has just taken a two sets to love lead over stan vavrinka 6-3-6-1 and marie bushkova and caroline garcia are deadlocked at 4-all in the final set right now coming to you a little bit early today. The goal with this is to hopefully complete the podcast right as these matches are finishing up and then get this into your podcast feed within minutes of play concluding. So let's talk about the results then. First up, let's talk about the center court program for today. It began at 1.30 earlier this afternoon, with the number one seed, Carlos Alcaraz, taking on Alexandra Muller, not Jills Muller, he is uh, retired, and Alcaraz did get that win, he is moving on with a 6-4, 7-6, 6-3 victory over Muller in two and a half hours. It is notable for a couple of things, Alcaraz did not play as well as he did In his recent matches, he was not as efficient, and he made more errors. 41 unforced errors for Alcaraz today. And his breakpoint conversion, it was 2 out of 14, which is definitely Federer-esque. And statistically, as a result of this um, lack of efficiency... The match was definitely closer, as you can see by the scoreline there. Alcaraz having to go to a tiebreak. But at no point was he ever threatened. And week one is all about survival. It is not about winning the tournament. It's just about getting through and living to fight another day. And that is what Carlos Alcaraz did. Alexander Muller... He is uh, 26 years old. He's mostly been a challenger tour player. So the fact that he made it to center court Wimbledon for a second round match, that was definitely the highlight for him. And also, just to reiterate that point about Alcaraz struggling, he had those poor breakpoint conversion rates and he had all those errors against a guy that's mostly from the challenger tour. So that really underscores how uh, far off his best Alcaraz was today. But again, you don't have to be at your best to beat Alexander Muller, and Carlos is going to move on. Uh, The second match on center court was the resumption of the match yesterday between Andy Murray and Stefanos sits a pass. Before the match started, my pick was sits a pass was going to win in two sets. I think my prediction was 6-1, 6-3. And it was definitely much tighter than that, but I had the winner of both sets correct. Stefanos sits a pass did come from behind to get that win over Murray. To just break that down briefly especially now that we know what happened across the two days. So last night, Murray got up two sets to one. He was up 6-7, 7-6, 6-4. And at the end of the uh, window of play yesterday, Murray apparently tweaked his hip, and he rolled on the ground, uh shouting in pain, that sort of thing. 
And given Murray's history, everyone had their heart in their mouth. And there was question about how much of a issue is that going to be upon the resumption? Is he going to wake up stiff? Is he going to wake up completely immobile? Is he going to be able to put up a fight? And I was thinking that he was not going to be able to based on what I saw at the end yesterday. I was mistaken, though, and Chris Fowler on the ESPN broadcast was saying, oh, he, he's fine, he, he's, he looked fine, you shouldn't worry about it. He was saying that before the resumption happened today, and I didn't believe him, to be honest, but uh, in the end, he was right. And it never felt like... Murray had the upper hand today. At some points, the scoreboard pressure was close, and let's talk about that. It got to 4-all in the third set, and I believe Sitsipas was serving. He had to have been. Um, And there was a call that um, did not go Murray's way, and if Murray had challenged, it would have gone his way. And that was a moment, because that happened when Sitsipas was serving at 4-all, 15-30, down two sets to one. It would have given Murray two break points to serve for the match, and he could have had the mo. Murray could have gotten it done, potentially, but the correct call was not made, and there's two sides of this. Number one, I've said it on the last few podcasts. It's absolutely ridiculous that the tournament has the resources to be able to call with the electronic line calling system, but they do the, uh, or they implement the having lines people because of tradition. We must have tradition. Tradition is the most important thing at Wimbledon, and we do not care about getting the call right because of tradition, and lines people are tradition at Wimbledon. So it it irks me that the technology was there and they didn't they didn't uh, allow the technology to beep or call the correct call just just for no reason. And the umpire missed it live. So that's one side. At that point in the day, I was listening to the radio commentary on the Wimbledon app, which is great. And Rob Koenig was on the call. And he sort of blamed Murray for not challenging. And I understand that, but as I've been saying, this is not 2007 anymore. It should not be on the athletes to challenge the call. It's not the the athlete's job to be the referee, in my opinion. They should be worrying about hitting the shot. As I've said to people, I think off-air, I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet... It's not Patrick Mahomes' job to heave a touchdown through the air, see the receiver catch it, and then run over to the end zone to be the end zone judge and call the touchdown good if his receiver catches it. That's completely ridiculous. So it's completely ridiculous to expect players to worry about officiating things. That is not their job. The officials are the officials, and the players are the players. So I disagree with what Rob was saying there. So that was a big moment that went against Murray um, that definitely decided the outcome of the match. The tiebreak was not particularly close. Sitsipas ran away with it 7-3, and he won the fourth set 7-6. And Sitsipas got the break early in the fifth set, and he rode it out the rest of the time to get the win. So across two days, and with a match time of four hours and 40 minutes across two days, Sitsipas got the win. 7-6-6-7-4-6-7-6-6-4 against two times Wimbledon champion Andy Murray. Across the four hours and 40 minutes, Sitsipas only broke Murray's serve one time, but it was enough. 
It was the crucial break early in that fifth set. So to talk about what this means for both players, for Tsitsipas, he has played four consecutive days. And I think even in just the last couple of days, he has gotten a lot better because he had come in struggling. He um, played four matches on grass coming in, and he had lost three of them. And he was a set and 4-3 down to Dominic Team after his first day of play here. But as the team match went along, he got a lot better. Didn't start this match well. And on the second day, he got a lot better. So I think it's two things. It could be a case of Sitsipas playing himself into form during the tournament. Kind of, uh, kind of like Serena Williams used to do. Um, and I also think he is a little fortunate that both of his matches got pushed to multiple days. I think if the team match was one day, team was probably going to win that. I think if uh, they had kept playing last night, I think Murray would have won because of the momentum of the crowd and all of this. I think uh, the tournament stopped the match because they thought they were helping Murray last night because the match ended at about 10.38. And the rationale that was given was it, it's going to take 20 minutes to clear the grounds anyway, so we might as well stop now instead of going until 11. However, in the past, when Murray played Baghdadis that one year and they went a couple minutes past 11 with the match... Um, they were okay doing it then, so it's one of those double standard sort of cases. Um, um, so uh, perhaps uh, the tournament aired, because they could have gone for another half hour last night, or 20 minutes, and if after 20 minutes, if Murray was up 4-2, 5-3 in the fourth set, they would have kept it going, to see if he could get across that finish line. And, in retrospect, Murray was not injured with that hip issue, and he was able to keep going. Um, so, it's an interesting case of what could have been for, for Murray. Um, as I'm looking at the live score right now, oh, Caroline Garcia has just saved a match point to go to Deuce, She's serving to stay in the match at 4-5 against Bruskova. But for now, I want to take a listen to what Andy Murray had to say. So here's his press conference after his loss. Let's listen. Welcome to Andy Murray's press conference. Uh, remind you to raise your hand if you'd like to ask a question. Questions for Andy. Yep. Andy, after everything that you've been through in the last seven years and that you've put yourself through, does it become even harder to take the defeat today, quite how close you were? Um, uh, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I'm obviously very disappointed just now. Um, yeah, obviously, you never know how many opportunities you're going to get to play um, here. So, yeah, the, the defeats maybe, yeah, feel feel a bit tougher. But to be honest, every year that Wimbledon's not gone how it's like, it's been it's been hard. Did any of the match change? Do you think, given you had to come back and play on the second day, or, or did nothing change in your mind based on that? Um. I don't know, to be honest, I'd have to see the match again to, to see. I mean, it does change, it's different playing indoors and outdoors, it's not the same conditions. How frustrating was it, Andy, given the position you were in last night, that you, you couldn't finish the match then? Well, there's, you never know what would have happened. So, you know, the, the same result could have happened. We knew that we were only going to be able to play until 11 o'clock. So you're kind of playing to, um, you're kind of playing to a time 
it was unlikely if there was any split sets or anything that we were going to finish yesterday. So we knew the the situation going going into the match, and that's how it was. I guess when you're ahead, it's it's always going to maybe work against you, and when you're behind, it's always going to be a little bit of an encouragement to stop. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm sure there's some data out there to see whether that makes any difference or not. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I think the. I don't. I, I don't necessarily think it necessarily favors someone more than another. It's just the way that we you're playing in totally different conditions from one day to the next. That's that's the biggest the biggest change, regardless of who's up um, in the score. Um, it's it's quite different. Andy, did you did you want to play on for those twenty minutes last night? Would you have liked to play two eleven o'clock? No, I mean I, I didn't necessarily think it was appropriate to keep going because we weren't going to. It was highly unlikely we finished the match unless someone was to win the set. Or, sorry, it was unlikely someone was going to win that set in twenty minutes or nineteen minutes, whatever we had left to play. Um, so it seemed like a, a reasonable time to stop. Andy, what was the injury last night and how did it feel today? Uh, I, I wouldn't describe it as an injury. I'd obviously slipped. I had some, you know, initial pain and discomfort when, you know, when that happens. It's like a sort of jarring of the, the joint um, can be a little bit sore, but uh, I pulled up okay today. And how would you just assess your level of play after this, at this point? Um, I, uh, I'm not sure. Um, there were some things I did did very well, others things that I did poorly. Um, you know, obviously, only lost serve once across, I think I only lost serve once across five sets. Um, but my return game was 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 not good enough. There was a big big moment at four all in the fourth when you were got a bit of momentum going at fifteen thirty, your return got called out and it was actually in the show. Do you realise at the time how how close that was? You can consider the fifteen charity point my return was in. Mm. Um yeah, well yeah, I mean, that's obviously frustrating because I remember it. I think it was like a backhand cross-court return, very short, and I probably would have won the point. So, yeah. Andy, we're, we've seen sometimes if matches get fit, are played under the roof and then you come back the next day and you, you carry on under the roof, is there any discussion about whether it would be under the roof or with the roof open? We were told we were playing outdoors last night. There wasn't a discussion. You'd like to carry on. Um, I, I think my opinion is that this is an outdoor tournament. They should be trying their hardest to play as much tennis outdoors as possible. Um, so yeah, um, I, I think they should should try to, yeah, to play as much of the matches outdoors as they can. In light of that. Uh, Andy, and obviously we don't know how the, how the match would have gone if it continued last night, but do you think they need to perhaps re-examine this 1.30 start, which obviously reduces the amount of time that uh, matches can be played outdoors? Um, I don't know. Um, Wimbledon make their decisions. There's more... I, I, there's. It's obviously not just... Um, what's best for the for the players um you know there's obviously other things like tv and the hospitality and you know those sorts of things that are factored into those those decisions so i'm sure they're weighing all of those things up um to try and make the the right decision for the for the event and i don't know whether they think that it's been good or not I don't know how they how they decide on how they decide on that. Andy, you'd asked before the start of the championships not to always have the evening match, and last night you'll put on final on centre again. 
How did you feel about that? I knew that was going to be the case. I asked pre-tournament not, not to play at that time because of the potential disruption, changing conditions. Um, but like I said, it's um, there's many factors that go into those sort of decisions and um, you know, the, the players shouldn't necessarily, you know, just be able to make requests and get what, what they want. Um, there's, like I said, many, many factors that, that go into it. Hi, Andy, given the atmosphere last, particularly last night, are those the moments that you, that will help carry you through moments like this and sustain you? Um, look, I mean, obviously it's brilliant to play in great atmospheres and, you know, it's makes playing the matches more enjoyable and creates better, certainly better memories. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately I, you know, this was, this was an opportunity for me. Um, you know, I had a good chance of, of having a, you know, a proper run for the first time in a long time at a slam and I didn't take it. So regardless of, you know, the, the atmosphere and, and those things, it's still very, very disappointing to be sitting here right now. Just with that return at 4 or 15.30 that actually landed in, did you, was there any particular reason at the time that you didn't challenge? Because normally you are quite good at challenging balls that are even a little bit out? Um, well, I mean, it was right underneath the umpire's nose. Um, they shouldn't be missing. They shouldn't be missing that, to be honest. Um, and if they're, well, if they're unsure, they should let the player know, I think. Um, but, I mean, it was, could only have been a couple of metres from where the, it was such a sharp, sharp angle. And it was very short, so... I assume the umpire would have made, you know, the right the right call. Um, the the lines person I think called it out. The umpire called it out. So, yeah, I mean, you can obviously argue it's a mistake on my part, but ultimately the the umpires made made a poor poor call that's right right in front of her. Just on that, Andy, what's your view on automation as against human line judges? <laughs> right now, I'd obviously would rather it was done automatically. Um, it's a hard one because I, you know, I, I probably, I probably prefer having the lines judges, you know, on the court. I think, I don't know, feels nicer to me. You know, the the challenges. I think the crowd quite like it. I think for TV, I think they probably quite like it. But yeah, when. But mistakes are getting made in important moments then yeah obviously as a player you you don't want that obviously and it's uh, what else being equal Andy how confident are you that you'll be back here next year um I don't know um yeah motivation is obviously a, a big thing and you know continuing you know, having early losses in you know tournaments like this don't don't necessarily help with that. Um, and yeah, it's you know similar to I guess to, to last year. You know, I yeah had a long think about things and spoke to my family and um, you know decided to you know to keep on going. Um, I don't plan to, to stop right now, um, but yeah, this one take take a little while to yeah to get over and you know hopefully find the the motivation again to keep you know to keep training, keep pushing, and try and try and keep getting better. And coming so close to beating the world number five, Andy, do you think that strengthens or weakens your resolve that you can beat the very best players in the Grand Slams in future? Um, well, I mean, I, I certainly could have beaten him um, today or yesterday. Um, you know, I've obviously, earlier in the year, had a 
you know, a great win against Berrettini, who was, you know, top top player at the time. He's obviously had his injuries this year, but um, yeah, certainly certainly can. It's clear based on you know how the match went. I mean, there's only a few points few points in it um, today, um, but it's it's also like. It's not just about winning the the odd match against them, really. Um, you know, to to have a run at these tournaments, you know, you need multiple multiple wins in a row. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I've obviously not done that. So yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Andy. Pretty interesting listening to Murray there. Just listen to his voice and listen to how gutted he was. And when the journalist asked about the the challenge, I don't think Murray knew that it was in. That was the moment that he learned it. And he did the thing that he does when he, when he um, morphs his mouth into a block of frustration. And he did that, and he put his hands... Um, over his mouth, um, you know, like like the prayer emoji. He didn't cover it flat like this. He, you know, like you're doing a shush, but with the prayer emoji motion. So he was definitely gutted there. Well, we have been talking. Marie Buskova has upset, upset, Caroline Garcia. The number 32 seed beats the number 5 seed, and U.S. Open semifinalist, seven six four six seven five, in two hours and thirty two minutes, in a match that was moved from the outside courts to court one, and Wimbledon.com has informed me this is officially an upset, but is it? Looking at Garcia's career, she's played every single Grand Slam since the twenty thirteen Australian Open. That is over 10 years. In those 10 years, what is that? That's 40 plus. That's over 40 majors. And she's been a top eight player for the last several. In that 10-year span, she's made the quarterfinals twice. So, no, Wimbledon. This is not an upset. Marie Buskova, moving on. Getting another live update for you. Stan Wawrinka is serving at 3-4 in that third set, trying to keep it alive, trying to stay in the match. But while I'm keeping an eye on that, let's keep on talking about some of the results today. Part of the reason why this match isn't even later is because Iga Swiatek overcame a wobble to beat Petra Martic 6-2-7-5 in an hour 43 Sviantek served for the match at 6254 and was broken at love and then Martic got up 40 love at 5 all and then Sviantek broke again and then held to serve it out 6275 so kind of an interesting um, wobble at the very end but she got the rebreak and uh, in the end besides an extra 10 minute detour no harm, no foul. So Sviantek is into the fourth round for the second time at Wimbledon. That equals her best ever result. Wimbledon is the only Grand Slam where she has not reached the quarterfinals. Let's see. On number one court, Arena uh, Sabalenka had a bit of a scare today. She was down 2-6-4-5 on serve to Vivara Gracheva. Not playing very well, looking more like the Sabalenka of old. But she got it together, and uh, she only lost two two games from that point. If if my math is right, that'd be 3-6, and and 9-2, 9 out of 11. So um, when she had to serve to stay in the tournament, she won 9 of the next 11 games to beat Gracheva 2-6, 7-5, 6-2. And we should note that was a second rounder. 
Um, Alcaraz's match from earlier was a second rounder. Sitsipas's win was a second rounder. But Sviantek was a third round victory today. Following that on court one, we had an upset. It was Eubanks Euphoria on court one, and it was a uh, um, bummed British as uh, Christopher Eubanks takes out the number twelve seed and defending semifinalist Cameron Norrie, six three three six six two seven six. Couple words on that one. I listened to that match on the radio when I was out and about this morning. So that was three all. And then I switched to another match to listen to that one. Um, and then a couple minutes later, they said, Christopher Eubanks won that first set 6-3. And I thought, wow, that was lightning quick to get from 3-all to the end of that set. Wow, that totally changes the pressure. Now he'll feel like he has the legitimate shot. And as you guys know, that sort of changes the expectation of the match. Um, and... Eubanks felt that pressure, played a couple bad games early in the second set, got behind early in that set. Nori won at 6-3. Then I thought, okay, that was probably the moment. This is, you know, this will be one of those kind of four-set blowout wins that, you know, the top seeds can have. But I was was dead wrong. From there, Eubanks won the third set, 6-2 which suggests that, you know, his game was just better than Nori at the moment. And, uh, again, with the match pressure situation, Eubanks had a match point late in the fourth set, and he was unable to get it. He had good looks, but he hit a couple tight shots that he wouldn't normally miss, and he kind of visually, you know, was affected by that. And I thought, oh, this will be the point that Nori sort of turns it around, you know, the the fairy tale run of Eubanks is uh, going to be over, but no, in the tiebreak, Eubanks entered god mode, he entered the god mode cheat, and uh, blitzed Nori in the tiebreak seven points to three to get the win in four sets. For Nori, you know, he made the semis last year, nothing much of note this year on tour, and for Chris Eubanks... He made his top 100 debut at Miami earlier this year. I think he got a wild card in there. Shout out to James Blake. Um, um, and he beat Gregoire Barrere to get that ranking, and he was very emotional about that, was Eubanks, and that got some press at the time. And last week, Eubanks won Mallorca, and... Uh, now he's beat a top a top 12 seed, big British player, number one Brit. And Eubanks told the on-court interviewer today afterwards that it was the biggest win of his career for sure. He's won seven consecutive matches on grass all in the last uh, 10 days or so. And uh, Christopher Eubanks is an American player. He's up to number 43 in the rankings now. Imagine the top 100 was such a big deal. Now he's going to be, you know, number 43, hopefully inside the top 40 after this, but we'll see how that shakes out. He is a former Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. Cam Norrie was a Texas Christian Horned Frog, so today's match, there was a match on court one at Wimbledon between two guys that went to college, so that was nice. Next on court one, um, Ons Jabor had a very easy 45-minute tip-jar win over by today, 6-1, 6-1. Petra Kvitova beat Sasnovich, 6-2, 6-2. Daniil Medvedev um, finished off Adrian Manorino. That one resumed at 6-3, 6-3, 4-all. They went to a breaker. Medvedev wins it 6-3-6-3-7-6. Alexander Zverev, number 19 seed. He uh, had a bit of a slow start against Watanuki, but gets the routine win in the end. 6-4-5-7-6-2-6-2. That was a second rounder um, after uh, not playing Wimbledon last year due to the injury sustained at Roland Garros. 
he is into round three. Um, just to catch up on a couple of those. The Eubanks win was the second round. Sabalenka was the second round. Jabor, Kvitova, Medvedev, all those, and Zverev, those were all second round matches today. Obviously, things have gotten backlogged due to the rain. Um, Denis Shapovalov, out of nowhere, gets a nice win against Liam Brody, 4-6-6-2-7-5-7-5. And the out of nowhere refers to that was the third round. Now he's back into the fourth round of a Grand Slam for the first time since the 2022 Australian Open a year and a half ago, ending an 0-5 streak of failing to reach week two. Obviously, the standard that's the standard for Shapovalov, and he would want to go farther than that. He's been a guy that's been expected to do that, but in the last year and a half, he has been going in the wrong direction. But today, he is on a better track, and he, uh, he is moving on. Holger Rune... Had a nice win against Carbea Spaina, 6-3, Yannick Sinner came back against Hali in a third rounder, 3-6, 6-2, 6-3, The Runa match was a second rounder. In the third round, Pagula beat Koshiretto, 6-4, 6-love. Again, week one, a couple days ago, she didn't look that good. Today, she gets a bagel. Moving on. Um, in a third rounder, Alina Svitolina beat Kennan, 7-6-6-2. I talked about Kennan earlier this week. It was a nice week for her. She can build on this. For Svitolina, coming back from maternity leave, you know, she's uh, married to Gael Monfils now, coming back from taking some time off due to the Ukraine war, she's looking good. She's into the second week. Elsewhere, a lot of doubles today. In a second rounder, Stevanovic, Stevanovic, Stevanovic beat Korpach, 7-5-7-5. Second round, Nicholas Jerry beat Jason Kubler, 7-5-5-7-6-3-6-4. Second round, Fuchvich beat Giron. 7-6-6-3-4-6-6-4. Second round, Galfi beat Eula Niemeyer. 4-6-7-6-6-1. So two Germans that had nice runs last year, Niemeyer and Tatiana Maria. They lose in the first two rounds this time around. Third rounder, Safulin beat Guido Pea. 7-6-6-4-6-love. So he's into the last 16 of a major. Second round, Madison Keys beat Golubich, 7-5-6-3. Third round, Hubert Hercotch got a nice win against Lorenzo Musetti, 7-6-6-4-6-4. Third round, Victoria Azarenka, number 19, beats number 11, Daria Kasatkina. Or as one of the radio people said today, Kazatkina. That was a weird one. 6-2-6-4 for Azarenka. Third round, uh, Rublev defeats Goffan. 6-3-6-7-7-6-6-2. That match was a set all, and Goffan was up a double break in the third set. And Rublev came back to win that set and the next one. That's big. In the second rounder, O'Connell beat Vesley, 6-3, Third rounder on court 14, Lesia Serenko beat Bogdan, 4-6, And that third set tiebreaker was 2018 for Serenko. The tiebreaker lasted 34 minutes. And shout out to Ricky Diamond. Uh... For the stat of that tiebreaker alone lasted longer than the entire Tomic Niemann match. <laughs> Look that up if you're interested in that stat. Belinda Bencic routined the Aussie semifinalist Magda Lynette, 6 3 6 1. 
Blinkova beat a seeded player Begu, 7-5-6-3. Oh, yeah. Bencic was a third rounder. Blinkova was a second rounder. Second round, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina um, beats Van de Zanschulp, 6-1-2-6-6-4-6-3. Okay. Uh... Third round, Vondrojeva beat Donna Vekic, 6-1-7-5. Yeah, that is an upset. I'm surprised by that. Donna Vekic was a hot pick at the Grand Slams this year. And, uh, you know, there's only one left, and she hasn't gotten there yet. Sorry, Pam. Second round, Bianca Andreescu uh, was up 6-2-4-2 on Kalanina. Had to take the long way home, but gets it done. Six two four six seven six. Second round, Alexandrova beats Madison Brangle. Six seven seven six seven six. That was a very rare three tiebreak match. Third round, in four hours and twenty minutes, Daniel Galan beats Mikhail Yamur. Six two six seven seven six three six six one to uh, get to what's got to be his first Grand Slam fourth round. Four hours and twenty minutes, and two of the sets were six two six one. That sounds like a clay court match to me. That 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 match was the kind of match that I would have been into as kind of a diehard, but uh, I was uh, out and about at that time. I made that decision to do that. Um, second round, Marta Kostiak beat Paula Bedosa, 6-2, 1-love, retired. And Bedosa also pulled out of the mixed doubles with Sitsipas. Matteo Berrettini got a very nice win over Alex Damonar, 6-3, 6-4, 6-4. Is Matteo back? And the Bublik roll keeps on going. In the third round, he beats Maximilian Marterer, 6-4-6-1-7-6. All right, so um, we're, we're live here still. Um, we just ticked over to 10.30 p.m. in London. We got half an hour left to uh, complete the Djokovic-Vavrinka match, and I believe that has just gone into a tie break. Um... Nope, it's 40-30, serving to stay in the match. So let's change it up a bit. Let's uh, let's join this match live, and uh, I will do some commentary. All right. I'll wait. Uh, if it goes to a breaker here, I'm going to wait a couple points. So uh, Stan is serving. Uh, he's two sets to love down. It's 5-6 in the third set, 40-15. And uh, I'm gonna take one point to get a sip of coffee here. Let's listen. 14, cutting. Turn back the shots. Just incredible get. The voice of John McEnroe appearing live on Trips Tennis Talk. Honestly, it's probably a low point for the show. I'm ashamed and embarrassed. Serving at Deuce Stan. Let's. Gonna be a first serve again. Here it comes. Out. Was going toward the body. Going to be a second serve here. 
Fritz in the middle of the box. Djokovic slice backhand to the middle of the court. Vavrenka forehand. Djokovic forehand. Forehand to forehand exchanges. Still forehand to forehand. Djokovic does a f uh, slice. Djokovic scramble shot. It lands just in at the back of the court. Djokovic is wrong footed. Stan hits the forehand straight down the middle of the court. Winner. Add, uh, add for Stan to go to a tie break. Advantage. Babrinka. Friday night crowd is pumped up. Open lands right at Stan's feet. Stan unloads on that shot. Djokovic goes to the corner. Djokovic hits down the line forehand. Stan is definitely scrambling and that lands just a couple inches out. We are back to Deuce. Just Five six deuce. Ace down the tee. Djokovic was not going that way. Add for Stan. To six for the match, but boy, he loved seeing that one. Try to get this to a tie break. Let's Stan winces and amused bemusedly at that let because that was a that was a that was an ace, but it's not. It's a let. Djokovic driving. Lands at Stan's feet. Stan hits it into the middle of the court. Djokovic coming in. He's and it. Djokovic's volley is out. And that means we're going to a third set tie break. All right. In their previous matches, so they played eight. Going here. I'm going to mute this. All right. So um, real quick, let's read out the order of play for tomorrow. So let's go ahead and find that. All righty. So this is going to be the order of play for Saturday, July 8th, and these are going to be all third round matches. I believe if uh, the weather cooperates that uh, it sh uh, the tournament is going to be back on schedule by the end of play tomorrow. And as a matter of fact, I've heard people say for the last couple of days that there's going to be weather concerns going forward. So let's see if that's going to be a problem tomorrow. And it looks like it is going to be a problem. So um, as soon as I get the hour by hour up here, I'll be able to give you a little bit more. So uh, tomorrow looks like 11 a.m., 83% chance of rain and pretty strong chance through 4 o'clock. Then it goes down to 20. And then it looks like there's going to be a window in the second part of the day. But uh, here is... Uh, what the uh, schedule is going to be. All right. Center court, 1.30 p.m. local. Carlos Alcaraz versus Nicholas Jerry, followed by Anz Jabor versus Bianca Andreescu, followed by Elena Rabakina versus Katie Bolter. Number one court, 1 p.m. local. Daniil Medvedev versus Martin Fucevic. Followed by Arena Sabalenka versus Anna Blinkova. Followed by Alexander Zverev versus Matteo Berrettini. That one's going to be good. Court 2, 11 a.m. local. Petra Kvitova versus Natalia Stevanovic. 1 p.m. local. Stefano Sitsipas versus Laszlo Jerry. Followed by Francis Tiafo versus Grigor Dimitrov. That one's going to be good, too. Court 3, 11 a.m. 
Beatriz Haddad Maya versus Serana Kirstea. Followed by Holger Runa versus Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Followed by Anastasia Potapova versus Mira Andreva. Court 12, 11 a.m. Tommy Paul versus Yuri Lehechka. Madison Keys versus Marta Kostiak. Court 18, 11 a.m. Ekaterina Alexandrova versus Dalma Galfi. Followed by Christopher Eubanks versus Christopher O'Connell. I think a Christopher is going to win that one. And um, I believe that's it. And we got we also got the juniors starting tomorrow, so I, I think that's going to do it for that. So um, it's 2-1 Djokovic right now in this third set tiebreak, so it's 10-38 right now. Now he's up 3-1. So you, this tiebreak is going to be the last thing that happens. They're going to stop the match after this. So if Djokovic wins this tiebreak, it's over. He wins the match. If Stan wins the breaker, we come back tomorrow to keep on playing. But I like Djokovic's chances because he's uh, he does very well in tiebreaks as of late. So uh, let's check it out here. So uh, here's Djokovic uh, just getting up 3-1 here. That first shot looked out. Djokovic decided not Three, to stop playing, one, which turned out to Djokovic. be smart because he won the point anyway. We risky to do. Serve three-one here in this tiebreak. Second serve for Djokovic. Taking his time. Here it comes. Down the T-ish. Djokovic forehand. Stan forehand scrambling. Djokovic coming in a little bit. Now stepping back. Hits the backhand cross court. Stan forehand cross court. Djokovic backhand cross court. Um, Djokovic forehand on the same side. Uh, backhand slice from Djokovic is in the net. It does not reach the net. So Djokovic gives the mini break back. Stan is going to serve it. 2-3 now. Three, two. Stan sticks his tongue Djokovic. out, looking at the backcourt, away from Djokovic. He uh, understands. He got a little fortunate there. Can Stan take advantage? out. Djokovic makes an error, so it's 3-all. Couple tight efforts uh, from Djokovic there. It's going to be 3-all. Uh, going to be a little bit here to change ends. I'm going to do the outro stuff now, the podcast outro stuff, and then I'm just going to let the uh, match sort of take us out to the end. So, if you've listened this far, and if you keep listening to the last couple minutes after this, appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it's unless something like I'm going to beat the tennis the tennis podcast to publication again. This podcast is going to be completely finished before they even start their show. It might not be available immediately, but um, you know it takes Apple a little bit to pick it up on the RSS. But uh, thank you for listening. This podcast was courtesy of Argon Productions. Vavrinka three all right here. Let's listen in. Live look. Oh, Djokovic slips. Oh, slip. okay. Stan won the point. Perfect wrong footer. Djokovic looks all right. So Djokovic is going to serve at 3-4 now. It's on serve. Miss hit a return, but because he did, he had to back off, but that flexibility saved him. From any injury. 
lost the last three points. Good serve from Djokovic. He's coming in. Oh, wow. Stan passed him. Wow. 5-3 for Stan. Djokovic is going to serve at 3-5 now. Down a mini break. He was up 3-1. He's lost four points in a row. Did not expect this, even if he comes back here. Chalk, but uh, uh, long. It was on the uh, doubles line. Stan backhand cross court. Another backhand cross from Stan. They're trading the same. Oh, Stan goes backhand on the same side. Forehand cross is long from Stan. So uh, Djokovic gets that point. Stan is going to serve at 5-4 now. Five, uh, four. If he wins both, that Loading would be up. the set. a rocket serve. Oh, so she overruled it. Stan is challenging. So let's see what this serve is. Whatever the call is, that'll be the point. It is out. So Stan's going to have a second serve at 5-4 uh, here. Second serve. In the middle of the box. Stan being driven back, and that's out. Yeah, that was a weak serve. It's 5-all. Yeah. Less than an inch, she would have two set points. Steady's... Djokovic back in the mix at 5-all. Another great return. Five all. Stan serving. Fault. Yeah, Stan is driven back again. Had a very, very weak reply. That was the worst point he's played in a while. Six, Match five, point for Djokovic. Five, three down. Six, three five. straight points. And match Djokovic point. serving for the win here. Six five, Djokovic serving. Here it is. Let's. Oh, that was. He was in a good position on that one. Flawless from Djokovic throughout most of this match. Ten years, five hours and counting. And it's 31 in a row here now on centre court. And 
don't know what he's pointing to, but whatever it is, I'm all right with it. Because what you just said, for starters, 10 years since we lost a match here on center court. It's, it's really astounding that he's been able to continue to do this. Uh, a word for Stan Wawrinka, who actually played extremely well in the third set, came up empty at the end. But mutual respect at net at the end of that one. Just in time. Yep. Seems like he knows what he's doing, this Djokovic guy, huh? Will Stan be back? Let's hope so. Let's yeah. hope he stays fit no, and healthy. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope he does what he wants. If he wants to come back, boy, we'd love to see him.